What's going on, good people? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Throwback Thursday. Sauce Talk in the building. Tonight, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics game two. That's right. Tomorrow night, you already know, Lakers, Nuggets. It's going down. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. Hope y'all got y'all's, you know, y'all been sitting and chilling because of the small ball. Y'all better get y'all's mind right because it's back getting on the court. And I'm sure they pretty pumped up about that, especially Dwight. He's going to pretty much see some good minutes. Um, Not really, you know, JaVale McGee's feet just not as fast enough. And I believe that he can do good in spurts. But Dwight Howard being in with Anthony Davis, I think that should be the move, honestly. Because Anthony Davis could play that four great and then have Dwight Jokic, and he can move out with Jokic and things like that. So hopefully that can work out. And uh, we can, we can, we can go. I, I think the Nuggets would have to sit there and force. You know, they, the things the Nuggets have to do is that Jamal Murray, you know, with this defense that I feel that the Lakers have, is not going to be able to do the things that he did as far as getting to the rim. I, mean, I hope not, me being a Laker fan, but it's just the things that they going to have to do is get him going and then get the kickouts and then Jokers, the two-man game. They're going to have to do – pretty much a little bit extra than what they did against the Clippers because the Clippers just wasn't taking them seriously. So I'm pretty sure with Vogel and Jason Kidd being on the staff and being that LeBron James is on the roster, they're prepared to taking them seriously. And I think the things that they're going to have to do to, to, to beat the Lakers is that they can't go down 12 points and be down 12 points for weeks. <laughs> and what I mean by weeks is like the whole damn game they're losing. You just think like, man... Like they're, they're and then fourth quarter, they're back. They did it against the Jazz. They did it against the um, the Clippers, and it's like God dog it. So if they do that against the Lakers, I do feel that there's certain games that we can give up leads. I mean, we showed that in the regular season. We showed that in the playoffs. We did it against Portland. But I think in this series, this conference finals, we're not having that. And I think that the pressure is going to be put on Anthony Davis to score and have his way, and then hopefully playoff Rondo's going to be disruptive, and we can sustain runs. But if not, then it's going to be trouble to where Nuggets going to feel confident of thinking that they can come back from big deficits because they have. They've done it against us in the regular season. So it's one of those things where the Lakers are tested heavily on this series on if they can keep a lead because I do believe that Nuggets goes on scoring droughts because sometimes those lineups doesn't, uh, bring that type of firepower because you know you got you you're, you're are basically rolling the dice of having big men shoot and then Jamal Murray shoot then Gary Harris is going to shoot then you know Morris is taking or Norris is taking uh uh, uh uh you know deep twos or something like that you got Michael Porter in there who's bringing a spark could be a problem Kuzma needs to step up to that and be like hey not having that so as far as size-wise, I mean, there's not no big difference. So I, I just look at 
this is going to be a good series. It's just that I feel that we can shoot at a better clip, but we can go cold too. So the series is going to be very interesting. It's not going to be like all five games, you know, or four games, Lakers. It could be six. It could be seven. Very possible. Very possible. Mike Malone is doing a great job with coaching his team. And I just can't wait because, I mean, like the the, the Clippers, how they fell apart, they want to blame chemistry. They want to do all this stuff like that. But it's like, geez, man, like y'all had leads. Like y'all had big-time leads. Um, it seemed like y'all had things figured out. It's just whenever runs happen to y'all, it just seemed like y'all got lost in that sauce. And I feel like when the Lakers get in that situation, you have somebody like a LeBron James, you have a Rondo who's been there. And I'm not taking another from Kawhi Leonard. He's a great player, but you got Paul George beside you, and you expect him to do something. I felt like Kawhi Leonard was like, okay, let's go. It's your turn. And then whenever his – when he was like, okay, I guess I got to do this, it just didn't work in game seven because, you know, he didn't have bad fourth quarters in previous losses to the Nuggets in the fourth quarter. So I just felt like in that one it was just like, God, I just don't got it. And Paul George never has it. Never. Never has it. Weird. Interesting. And, I, and the one thing that I said uh, out loud on Facebook was that him and Vince Carter, very similar – not in the say the Vince Sanity. Vince Sanity's a dunker, or Vince Sanity as a of that being in Canada bringing basketball up there. That's put to the side. I'm not sitting there comparing them. I'm not sitting there saying, "Oh my God!" All I'm sitting there saying is that Paul George, Pacers disappeared. Clutch moments. Vince Carter, same thing. Raptors clutch moments. Nets, Vince Carter, clutch moments, disappears with Jason Kidd. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, disappears, clutch moments. Bye-bye, first-round playoffs. Orlando Magic makes it to the finals. They get Vince Carter the next season, hoping to go back. He doesn't help in clutch moments. I remember the tape. Paul George. Goes to the Clippers. And the same thing, it's like, well, Kawhi Leonard won a ring, went to another team to bring him in to try to win another ring. So I look at it, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, I need you to help me win this team championship because I was one of the Raptors, and I'm not bringing that type of help here. And I need you. And he said, okay. And they got it done. And he goes there, and they get beat, lose a 3-1 lead. He is Vince Carter of this era as far as on the court brass tacks of helping out in the clutch, of trying to win a ring for a type of player like that who brings flash, who brings, you know, good regular season moments and good highlights. Paul George is that. With bringing in a good defender is that. But, hey, in the clutch moments, where are you? Did you block Dame Lillard's three? Did you stop Jamal Murray from burying y'all? Could you play the passing lanes of Joker's passes? No. Where are you, Paul George? Where are you, Vince Carter? That's why I say the similarities are there. In the era being of now saying Paul George of coming up in the 20s, they made him an MVP candidate. Paul George a superstar. Playoff P. Playoff P? Huh. Huh. I would not have it. I said, we would not have it. <laughs> and uh, it just, that just, that, that cracks me up. And then Kawhi Leonard, 
is put in a position where, like, God, damn, Van Fleet was hitting better shots than you, Kyle Lowry. Siakam was averaging 20-something. And, and, and in clutch moments, making big plays. Lou Williams. You know, the stat goes, it was Kawhi, PG, and Lou Williams didn't have more points than freaking Jamal Murray in that game. But they couldn't stop Grant. They couldn't stop Porter. They couldn't stop Jokers. They couldn't stop nobody on that team. Even Millsap, who was looking real liability out there, he was started hitting threes. Or, or it just You couldn't stop things when they got rolling is the thing. When a team just bringing lineups like that and they get rolling, it's going to be tough. Lakers are not foolproof here. If they get rolling with those lineups, it will be tough. Because they can lock up defensively. You saw it in those last uh, possessions. That's what I'm saying about playoff basketball is different regular season. Those possessions, every possession means something. So when you get in the crunch time or you start a run like they did in the third quarter, it started and it gathered and it started, it, it ran over to the fourth quarter. And then it was like boom, 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 boom. It was like, damn, the last shot the Clippers hit was a three by, uh, by, a three by Kawhi. In a, uh, in a, a, a free throws by Kawhi and a three by Paul George, and then I'm like, damn, what happened? And then boom, it was a thirty point, a thirty and eight run. And then the, the Nuggets are up, and then you're like, wow, and they keep scoring because of the defense. Go back and watch the tape of the defense. They are scary defensively when they get a lineup they like, and Mike Malone says, hey, just score, and then they find a way to do it. So. I just look at the Lakers being a little bit more IQ-wise up on the par on that, and I think they won't have collapse, a collapsed lung like the Clippers, you know what I'm saying, in that in that retrospect, because they were up games, man. They were up 20, they were 16, up 12 in the game seven. So, I mean, like, what happened? Um, game two tonight, Heat, Celtics. What we expect, I expect Tatum to take it to the rim, I expect him to take smarter shots, especially in the in the second half. I think he wanted to have Marcus Smart to keep going on his role, but also wanted to insert himself. And that's what happens sometimes when a role player gets going, and you got your star. Like, damn, like I don't want to mess that up, and I don't want to. I want to be a part of it, and you can because it's happening all the time. But it's just sometimes you, you when Mark's probably six threes, he's he's going crazy. Then you got Campbell Walker struggling, hitting shots, but he's still taking shots. It's like goddamn, like I can't can I get in there and that just like he was trying to find his rhythm to really get going, how he's doing because he had twenty plus, but it's just the shots selection and especially in the fourth quarter, I just thought he was trying to just trying to do a little bit too much. And and where Miami Heat was like, we're gonna do exactly what we need to do to try to win. You know how like you play two K, yeah, some people just be like, wanna do this and just like, oh, I'm gonna and then you had other players just like, Man, I'm just trying to go in there, get this layup and or or if I'm gonna take his open three. And that's that. I mean, I mean that's plain and simple. I mean, you know, uh uh somebody I, I play in two K uh um uh, who's a uh good hip hop artist, uh Doobie D C it, when I played him with 2K, it's the same thing. He's, he's going to go and get the easy basket. He's going to get in there and lay it up. Or he, he's going to take a three, you know what I'm saying, just because that person can. But it's just like, I'm going to go and get that bucket. I feel like the heat was like that. 
I'm going to go and just, just do this to where the Celtics, especially when they got the ball to Tatum, he wanted to jazz it up a little bit. And Kimba with the step back, he definitely wanted to be cardiac Kimba. Marcus Smart jacking threes. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it still went to overtime. So, I mean, like, I just think with this one, you got to limit to limit your bad sauce selections and you might come out of victor. Because Duncan Robinson struggled, and then you had some other struggles with the Heat, especially in between quarters. So they got to clean it up. You can't have a good quarter like that than a real super bad quarter. So it's like things that both teams got to clean up to where it's just it's going to be a barn burner. I mean, both teams pushes that type of stress on on both teams individually, and the word you know saying bad shots or 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 you can have cold quarters. So both of them <laughs> could get. Uh, um, fixed. It just uh, who's going to break? Who's going to bend? I mean, point blank period. I look at Tatum as a point of like he's got to he got to be the star. He's got he's got to take this over. You know what I'm saying? Like look at the replay where Jimmy Butler took you to the hole and made sure that he was going to finish that layup, man. Like that was heart and determination and just I I was like, Yeah, man, that's 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 Jimmy Butler because that's what he had to go through in his life, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows his backstory. And that layup right there just shows you that. You know what I'm saying? That just shows you that, man. LeBron James six foot eight, two forty, you know, goes in there. Tatum is like, Oh my god, you know what I'm saying? But Tatum actually on that play, like, had him dead to rights, it's just the determination. Like, I could just go back and look at that layup, like the strength of Jimmy Butler and the heart and determination to make that and to be an M1, man. Like, that's the shit right there is what people talk about. And then the block by Bam, which I'm going to talk about as far as, like, I'm saying the best defensive play or the best block. I think people ran with that to where Magic Johnson said. He said the best defensive play. Best defensive play, which I disagree but I, I can't sit there and say, man, he's wrong for saying that. Magic Johnson played in the NBA. He knows how he feels in a first-round playoff game, in a conference final first game, or a finals game. He's been in it all. He's just basically saying, like, as a defensive player, what I've seen in the playoffs, that was, my, that, was my, that was his favorite player, the best player he's seen. Me, personally, I think when I was a kid and coming up and being able to watch Michael Jordan, I remember vividly watching that last game he played in a Bulls uniform. He stole the ball from Carl Malone. I mean, just slapped the ball out of his hand. Everybody, near baseline at that, he could have trapped him and all that. He got it, went down the court, and everybody knows what the hell happened. So, I mean, like, how is that not the best defensive play? They're losing the game. The Jazz has it with seconds remain. Now, I know that the Jazz had another shot after that, but just like the block from LeBron James, a whole minute, 50 seconds left. So my whole point is that when you have that that moment, how is that not the best defensive play in postseason history? Not a block from LeBron James. Not a block from Bam out of Bayou. Not a block from Tayshaun Prince. Not a block from Tiago Splitter. I mean, from LeBron James from Tiago Splitter. Hell no. Michael Jeffrey Jordan took the ball from the MVP of the league and went down there and hit a jumper in Byron Russell's face after Byron Russell said he would beat him in one-on-one. And John Stockton and Carmelo never won a ring, even when they tried to go to the Lakers. That's the best defensive play 
in NBA history, in the finals, playoffs, whatever you want to say, that's it. Because look at the history of all on that. Jordan's last shot. Carl Stockton never won a ring. They had the lead. They had Jordan dead to rights. They could have forced a game seven. You feel me? Could have forced a game seven, man. And then who, you know what I'm saying, it would have been Jordan's first ever game seven and all that, da-da-da-da-da. Jordan said, hell to the no. I don't give a shit. Give me that ball. Let me go down here and finish this shit. I, that, that's flat out the best defensive play in NBA history. In the postseason, flat out. So, throwback Thursday that. And speaking of throwback Thursday, I'm going to give out a little did you, a did you know. Um, September 17th, 1964, uh, Fran Tarkenton made a debut for the New York Giants and threw three touchdowns against the St. Louis what was it? The St. Louis Cardinals? We're talking about a baseball team, aren't we? <laughs> the football team, which has some very good players on it. Larry Wilson, a big all-time Hall of Famer, safety. Uh, Bart Scott. Uh, uh, I mean, I said Bart Scott. Um, Lord have mercy. I said Bart Scott. Uh, uh, what was that guy's name? Jesus. I hate that when I do that. Even though he's not the big... Yeah, Jim Hart. Jim Hart, that was his name. Which Jim Hart, who only Jim Hart I remember, is for WWF. <laughs> yeah. Showing my age there. Uh, even though um, people probably don't even watch wrestling no more. That's that's a, that's a classic right there. But yeah, I just you know want to throw a little throwback Thursday little digits at you right there, man. That's something right there. Fran Tarkenton, the... the, the before Steve Young, you know what I'm saying, or before any scramble quarterbacks. I mean, he was he was it. You know what I'm saying? Randall Cunningham before he comes in or Fred Targeson got 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 wiggle back there in that backfield, man. It was something to see. And I and that's something that he played for the New York Giants and got a chance and, and then ended up having a good career for the Minnesota Vikings. Couldn't get in the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying, uh um books, but he'd been there. Um actually the Minnesota Vikings Probably, I think might be tied with some teams now, but I think the Minnesota Vikings has probably been to the most Super Bowls without winning one, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty crazy. I think they've been the four of them, four or five of them, and then won one. And the Purple People Eaters, man, when back then they were monsters, so they just couldn't get it done. But yeah, back to it, back to it, back to it. Um. What can we expect from the the struggling the struggling players for the Heat? Like I said, Duncan Robinson, and I would like to see a little bit more from Iguodala. You know, what I'm saying if Iguodala is going to get minutes, you know, what I'm saying go out there and do something. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm wondering what is the deal, and how is. Is is Gordon Hayward, is he not going to be playing? Like, is he not going to get any game time? That would be kind of interesting if he did. I mean, I, the last I heard that he was possibly going to get back in there, but I don't know they're going to just throw him back in there. But what he's got, you know, saying in his bag that could help in this series. I mean, passing, um, set shooting, 
and just you know somebody that's out there that, uh, uh, that knows how to you know got a real good high basketball IQ. I think that he can't help out when healthy. So I I know he had a little injury before this whole you know bubble thing went went down and stuff like that. But I I wonder if he's gonna get back out there. They might need a Gordon Hayward for this series. But like I said, man. Jason Tatum, 23.7 rebounds, three assists. What an average. Jimmy Butler, 19, 6, and 6 with, a, with damn near two steals. Same with Jason Tatum. I, I love this matchup, man. I love this series. Nothing against the Raptors or Philly or, uh, you know, the teams that was trying to make it to these to this spot, like the Heat, uh, Heat and Celtics. This was the best possible matchup you can get. Other than, say, if you had a really fully healthy Nets going against a healthy, healthy, healthy 76ers. If they could get that together. You know what I'm saying? Like, you would want to see Embiid, Ben Simmons, and that team. I wish Jimmy Butler would have stayed on there, but I can see why he left. Because look at him now, and look where they at. You got to, you, gotta, you know what I'm saying? You got to look at the basketball IQ, the mindset to be like, man, I got to get up out of here. And that's what he did. Um, I'm I'm wondering if Danny Green is going to show up tomorrow night for the Lakers. I don't know if he was completely absent for the Houston Rockets. I I knew there was somebody out there that looked like him, but I wonder if he's going to show up and play for the uh for the Lakers whenever that gets popping because we need him. We need him, man. You know, it was the reason why we went out there and got you. You know, what I'm saying go out there, hit your open threes. I don't know what happened to you on the defensive side. You know, what I'm saying so those things. I need to see in this series, uh, or or those minutes should go down. Period. Shit. Um, I guess people are going to be betting. You know, saying so you know Boston. You know he uh, uh the minus minus two, over and unders uh two hundred eight and a half. You know people out there making their money on these sports books. That's all. You know with social media, and and things that people get into is so funny, especially with with just periods of things with no sports. People with no sports, and now when sports gets cracking again, you know, sports books get going. That's what everybody, everybody talk about. Everybody, this, oh, what's the what's the locks today? Who's betting on this? Who got the over? Who got the under? Who's doing this? Every day. It, it, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenon because you're making money. So for the people out there, what you're going to do? You're going to take the over-under, 208, 208 now. You know these teams keep it tight. It might this this our score could be 86-78 up here. So what what's 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 gonna be? What you gonna do? Minus two, Boston. Game two. Crazy. Crazy. Uh Lakers, what what's the let me see what the um line is on that one. What's the line on the Lakers for tomorrow night? Minus seven. Two twelve over and under. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's real interesting there. I believe WNBA got some action going on too with their playoffs. Um, with Phoenix Mercury uh, making a pass with the uh, beating the Mystics in a in a thriller. I'm gonna call that one a thriller right there. I want to say. Um, they got some games going on tomorrow night. Not tonight, but I think tomorrow. No, it is tonight. They do got some games going on tonight. 
WNBA basketball got some things going on. And and uh, speaking of things going on, my Moore, who's been doing such a you know great thing with trying to do right. It's almost kind of sense where I was like, damn, she's doing what Kim Kardashian was doing in a sense, but she's doing it, uh, which is all great, man. When people go to jail and they, and wrongfully, you know, wrongfully accused, you want to do the best you can. We've seen movies times and times again and stuff like that. And this Jonathan Irons guy, um, who she has been trying to get out of prison turns up marrying the girl you know what I'm saying like it just one of those one of those stories where you're like man is this going to be a movie like this guy's this got to be a movie at some point in life in the future where you have this young you know saying woman who is tearing up the WNBA who I was sitting there calling the LeBron James of this of, of the her sport because how she just, I mean, the way she dribbled, the way she got to the rim, the way she shot the ball was just so effort. It just seemed like she just, like, been playing basketball since she came out. And 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 she just took a, a absence, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, wow, what are you doing? And, like, when you read about what she's doing, it's like, man, it's so heartfelt. You're just like, she's she's doing something great here, man. And, um, uh it's it's just one thing when when you got a wrongful conviction and you and I've seen it you know from people from here I've seen people from testimonies uh, I know somebody here that was wrongfully accused and he spent time in jail and and he was able to you know to catch that break to get out um, after you know hard work from a legal team and stuff like that and he was compensated so I mean like it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm you know justice justice on the on, on that side get it right because I feel like especially now with the Black Lives Matters talk and stuff like that black people get the get back, I mean they get a bad bad situation especially back in you know in, in the time where this man was incarcerated you know saying so times before that it's very easy to sit there and say oh this person did that I mean I was in elementary school and it was one of the crazy blown I mean like it drove me wild I was in elementary school walking down the hall and and it was this little white girl. She said, with the principal crying, and somebody had did some to her. And it was like one of those things where she saw me, and I, and I didn't, you know, I'm sitting there just, why well, I don't know this. He did it, and I was like, I was like, wow, like because I was black, and I guess whatever the kid did was black or something like that, or I don't. I'm just like, and I almost got in trouble because. The principal was going to believe her. And it's just like, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? But it's like the movie Life or something like that. It's just, it's one of those crazy things where, and, and you know, I'm not sitting there saying all black people, you know what I'm saying, get wrong for cues. I'm sure white people are all different nationalities. So I'm just saying it's poignant to be on this Jonathan Irons thing to say that the percentage is very high on wrongfully accused black males, you know what I'm saying? going to prison and and a lot of them really not having a chance to get out so for my more to soak in her time and stuff like that it it's like whoa man something had to be going on and like here they get married so i was like i'm just like damn like is this something that happened 
during this process or is this something that you know like 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 wow this is a great story man it's like they should do a movie i'm all for it but uh i hope she can you know saying get back out there on the court and and get back to dominated dominating or is this going to be her new thing now uh but yeah uh Congratulations to my Moore and Jonathan Irons, man. That's that's some good stuff. Cause I, you know, I'm sitting there just thinking that this is her path she's going to take. She's going to, you know, she might still continue to do that for other people. But it's just great story that they, you know, end up getting married, man. So big ups to that. And uh, Connecticut Sun played at L.A. Sparks tonight at nine. Um, Phoenix Mercury, Minnesota Lynx, my Moore's team. Play a seven. I'm expecting Phoenix to win this game. The last ten, they're seven and three. The last ten for Minnesota, they're five and five. I just expect them to win this game. I expect the Sparks to come out victorious against Connecticut. Now Connecticut. Um, in their last 10, 5 and 5 as well. LA Sparks 6 and 4. They both they both can be head scratchers, especially with the LA Sparks. How good they can be with the talent they have. So same with Connecticut. Um, but you know this this should both games should be a barn burner. Um Unfortunately, the one thing I can say with but one of these games is not going to be highly important to watch with one game going on on the NBA side. Um, that's the one that's the one problem that I feel as being realistic and saying as a viewer, if you want to sit there and flip back and forth, whatever like that, but people are going to be watching Miami, Boston tonight. So in between Phoenix and, and the Connecticut Sun in their games against, you know, saying the Sparks and, and the Lynx, a lot of this will be missed, but you know what can you say? But I just you know I'm 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 still waiting on that lift off from the WNBA. I don't think having the having the game on the same day as the uh, Celtics and which you know we'll see what happens on that. Uh, but I know the ratings on that how that's going to go. Let's just be realistic on that. Um, straight up. Another news. Um, People want to keep talking about, and I didn't talk about this yesterday because I knew it was going to get talked about more. But now I got some more, some, some you know more news that came out, some quotes and things of that nature. And now I'm going to go and give my two cents on it. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and how everybody should feel about him calling him out after the game, and he shouldn't have did it, and or he's you know he's not exempt. All I'm going to say is not everybody on that field played perfect on both teams, on both sides of the ball. It just happened where defensive touchdowns happen, which goes on the fault of the quarterback. If uh, if a game goes great, quarterbacks get the praise. The game goes bad, quarterback doesn't. A lot of times you got analysts and a lot of other people going to sit there and dog the quarterback. You don't want your head coach to do it. I don't feel Bruce Arians stuck a knife in Tom Brady's back by sitting there saying that this was a mistake or 
I wouldn't have thrown that or something like that to the media. If he'd have been like, oh, Tom Brady sucks, man. He looks old. I knew we shouldn't have brought him in or something like that. That could be detrimental. But I don't think Bruce Arians says something all that bad. I just think the media is so quick to try to see if they can piss Tom Brady off enough to be like, oh, this is a best of situation. So they can start writing and saying, ha-ha, see, Belichick needed him. And, you know, uh, 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 he needs Belichick. And he's, uh, I think that's the narrative that people want to push so hard that this fake tiff that they're trying to create over B.A. and, uh, and Tom Brady it's stupid. I mean, if you look at it, they are trying to make a beef. I'm just hope the God that these two professionals who's been in the league for so long can sit there and look past it. And today, I mean, yesterday, Bruce Arian said, me and Tom are fine. And I believe him. I think people need to shut up. People should, should, should really shut up on that. Because it would be different if, like, a Ben Roethlisberger situation where he's sitting there throwing the whole team coaching staff under the bus. Or you sit there and you say, like, um, a Freddie Kitchens or what he might say or something like that. I don't think Bruce Arians went as far as doing something that dumb or doing something that foolish. I think he was a grown man who's been in the NFL for years looking at another grown man who's been in the NFL for, for years and just said, hey, man, it was not that, you know, I wasn't throwing that in Mike Evans. That was your fault. Um, bad out route throw. Um, you know, Tom knows, you know, the things he said well, wasn't that bad, man. It just wasn't that bad. So I believe him to say that Tom and him are fine. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Let's leave that alone. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, that, that, I mean, that, that just to where like Skip and, and um, Shannon, when they, you know, sitting there going back and forth, when they had me cracking up, had me laughing. But it's just like, is it that serious? Like, Tom Brady ain't come out in an interview sitting there like, man, fuck Brad Bruce Arians, man. Like, he gonna sit there talking about me. It's it's fine. We play the Carolina Panthers this weekend. Uh, the way the Raiders put up 34 points on them, I'm pretty sure we can do the same. Uh, moving on, I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are going to be fine. I think Tom Brady needed that because you're not in New England and you're not in that cloak of success in the where these types of games where Bill Belichick is not going to say something because he is a certain way, because he wouldn't do that with anybody else. He's not that type. He won't even say about an injury. To the media. So, yeah, that's just Bill Belichick. It's not to sit there and say, like, oh, I love Tom so much. I wouldn't dare do that to him. How dare you? So, I just think somebody like a Skip Bayless who took it to heart like that to be like, how dare you do that to a Hall of Fame quarterback who already Super Bowl? It's like, no, he's still in the field, right? Just like Gronk said, Belichick still coached Brady just like everybody else. Bruce Arians don't cut coach like Belichick, so he's going to coach him like everybody else in his way. He didn't destroy him in the media, point blank, period. Belichick, though, speaking of which, crazy thing, says Russell Wilson is the best. He's the best. This guy's a tremendous player. Honestly, I think he's, in a way, maybe underrated by the media or the fans. I don't know, but... I don't really see anybody better than this player. He can do everything. 
He's got obviously great leadership, playmaking skills. He plays very well in the most critical situations of the game. He's speaking all facts. Belichick, without Brady, done commercials that I wouldn't dare see him in. Seeing him gloat over Cam. Cam's playing his music at practice. Bill Belichick is loosening up. He's understanding. He's a smart man. He's understanding that this is a new phase of football and you got to be more cool and you're getting older and you want to keep your voice resonant and you want to make sure these new players coming in respect you like you so you can still win Super Bowls. And he's not going to be the same dick that everybody think he's going to be and, and, and which he still has standards and he's still going to have those those you know things of being buttoned up. But you can tell the Bill Belichick is being more cool. Point flat out. And I'm I'm liking this 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 type of Belichick. And it's not just because he gave Russell Wilson a, 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 a compliment. He's done it to other players. Ed Reed, um, Cam Newton, before Cam Newton went to the Patriots, said great things about him. So it's not like Randy Moss, uh, you know, even after the exit, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's not to say Bill Belichick is a gruff asshole or nothing like that. He's gruff in some ways, but it just... I'm seeing a difference in him. I'm seeing a big-time difference in Bill Belichick with that. Um, the L.A. Dodgers become the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Um, they should win it. Like I said on a, a previous episode, like, they should win it. Like, like they, their team is built to win it every year. They should have won three World Series in a row. You know, Clayton Kershaw got to get over that postseason hump. Maybe without a crowd out there, maybe it might be something different. But yeah, um, uh, with that being said, you know what I'm saying, we, we, everybody's looking at the awards and stuff like that. I don't know how to look at this with the numbers and stats and stuff with the shortened season, but you got to give the awards out. And I don't know how you're going to do this, but Shane Bieber, man, he's been the guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jacob DeGrom's also been good. Ryu, um, Dylan Bundy. Um, uh, Maida, uh from the Twins, which the Twins got a good pitching staff. Um, Lucas Delito, White Sox, who was first place team. But Shane Bieber, you know what I'm saying? 1.53 ERA, 102 uh, Ks. Uh, man, he got 64 innings pitch. The guy's a monster, man. He's a monster. And then on the NL side, you got Lamette from the Padres, who are looking real good. Um, Corbin Burns, Brewers. You Darvish. Hey, 2 ERA, man. Uh, that whip is looking real good with a 0.94. Trevor Bauer of the Reds, they got a good pitching staff, too. He's real good with a 1.71 ERA and a 0.181 uh, uh, whip. And it's been a career year for that guy. Been real good, man. A testament to a pitcher who has already been established himself as one of the league's best. And this always comes up as that league's best. You know, uh, you know Gary Cole's the guy. It's gonna be somebody else coming up soon. Shane Bieber could be that guy, Bauer, and uh, or uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, if um, Clevy, you know, Clevy can climb back into that, you know, with the move that he made. Um, but Jacob Degrom, man, he's he's something else on the NL side. Uh, two point uh, two point zero ninety RA with eighty Ks, zero point nine three WHIP, and just another masterful campaign for him, man. He's just unstoppable. Thirty two years old. Um, I mean, I don't see how at 32, you, can, you know, your fastball get faster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or just maintaining Jacob DeGrom. 
And, you know, the Mets got a damn good pitching staff, too. So, we like, pitching has got to be up, especially after the past few seasons with home runs, especially from the Twins and Yankees. And I guess if you want to throw in an NL team, I guess you could say the Nationals or uh, or the Dodgers. But the, the Twins, like I said, they broke the record last season with 307 team home runs. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just, just, wow. But yeah, man, been a good episode. Like I said, I'm trying to come at y'all every day with something, you know what I'm saying? Something, something, some good shit, you know what I'm saying? Can't believe my more, man. I had a little baby crush on her. I'm going to have to fight Jonathan Irons. No, I'm just playing. I'm going to shut up. But y'all have a good day, everybody. Throwback Thursday. Heat Celtics 7. Watch some WNBA too. You know what I'm saying? People out there betting. Bet WNBA. Watch some of that too, man. Soak some of that up. Give them some ratings. Um, oh, before I go, I did want to talk about this because I didn't want to. But I, I wanted to sit here and say. Uh, Future list makers, Facebook, Twitter, living room debates, you know, garage session debates. Whenever you decide to sit there and and put Kawhi Leonard number one or number two, because there's people out there that did it. There's people out there that's still trying to do it. People want to put Kawhi Leonard as the top three player in the league. Let me ask y'all something. Does he got 10,000 career points? No. I'll answer that before anybody say anything. Another thing. Did you see that collapse? Yes. Did you see the team that the Raptors had before he got there? Yes. Was it the Eastern Conference Finals? Yes. Was it was the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals? You before that? No. Was he a high priority on those Spurs championship teams? Like a high, high, high pro? I know he averaged about 16, 17 points. Was he the catalyst? Was he the man? Like, did he really win finals MVP on the strength of just him just being a dog out there or just because the stats on the defensive side of what he did to LeBron James? I think they wanted to give him that on that. I swear to God. My thing is that before we try to put this man on a pedestal and all that shit, Let's just go, let's just look at some things here, man. And Paul George, you really messed him up with this because that messed up his legacy. People wanted to make it like, oh, he stopped this three-peat. He stopped this three-peat. He's taking over the league. He's doing all this stuff. Look here, man. Look here. Look here. Pump your brakes. I'm not saying that he's not a top five. I'm not saying he's not a top ten. But pump your brakes, trying to move him past certain people like a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. Because, you know, people want to sit there like, well, you can, you can say Durant because he went chase. Just talent-wise, man. He's not better. He's not better. He's not better than LeBron. He's not better than KD. I mean, it just just stop, okay? 
Just stop. He don't have 10,000 points. That was a career. He's got three rings. Two with the Spurs, one with the, with the Raptors. Good job, sir. You know what I'm saying? Or is it two? Is it two or three? Is it the, see, that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, he is very fortunate that Greg Popovich drafted that man. I'm not sitting there. I'm, I'm not throwing shade on Kawhi Leonard whatsoever. I'm trying to bring him down a notch. To people in their mind to think that this man is some just like, oh, Kawhi Leonard, man. Like, when he went to L.A. Clippers, people actually thought that they were going to just cakewalk to the finals. Where they do that at? No. He's a two-time NBA champion. No. I gotta go back and look, man. Go back and look. Don't forget that Kawhi Leonard missed free throws in the clutch and win the Spurs uniform to help LeBron James win. That could have been three rings, right? Don't forget that he basically got hurt and acted like that injury could prevent him from playing a full damn season with a team that could have contended. They would add all the pressure on him. Remember? That's all I'm trying to say. Because you go to the Raptors and they go get Serge Ibaka in the middle of the season. I'm going to talk about Stephen A. Smith. Serge Ibaka in the regular season. And they go get Marcus Saul. What the hell? Like, hold on. They went from this team that, uh, you know, they make conference finals. They're good. And they got Nick Nurse is a damn good coach. And Lowry's a hell of a player. They go draft Van Fleet. I don't know about this Van Fleet guy. I played in the G League. You don't know about this Van Fleet guy. And this normal pal guy. But then they start showing they're good. Pascal Sackers talking to me. Then they go and get a Baca and Marcus All. And then they have Kawhi Leonard. And it's just like. It was a match made in heaven because you got a bunch of like just blue collar guys that's just gonna go and work and do stuff good. And it worked. He tried to go from that to a flashy Hollywood. I'm in LA and this is my team and we're gonna take over and look what happened. Blue collar, work hard, ring spurs. Seventeen points per game, all that good stuff. Raptors, same bread. Do the same thing. Go to L.A., try to be the man, take over. Look what happened. You choke, 3-1. Okay, you're not a top two, top three player, sir. I'm just saying, maybe four, five, six. I will, I will put you at five for four. And that's and that's that. And that's not sitting there disrespecting, man. Because, I mean, still saying top five. I'm just saying people pump your brakes. I heard, just like Shannon Sharp said, I heard. He was the best player in the world. I heard he was better than LeBron James and Kevin Durant. I heard if you want a real, you know, chance to win, you got to have Kawhi on the on the team. Well, Kawhi got to lead that team to fishing in Cancun somewhere because they're not in this playoffs, not in this bubble. 
and to y'all chemistry and chemistry that chemistry this chemistry that chemistry this chemistry that y'all don't keep adding players Reggie Jackson Morris adding it Patrick Patterson go get this player go get him go get him I don't want to keep doing it after the trade with Paul George could have built on what you had and then you know what I'm saying and 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 put things in that. You know, you go get this player, then you switch swaps with Jermichael Green's minutes and Aaron Morris and this and this and that. Then you get Reggie Jackson in there doing, trying to do what he do, and it takes away from this and that. Yeah, it's y'all's fault. But you're still supposed to have Kawhi Leonard to do it, and he didn't do it. He's not better than LeBron or KD. So people stop it, and that's why I went ahead and just went and let that out and remind people of those certain things. His defensive responsibilities. Uh, 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 ratchet up. People want him to be so much of a domino on both sides of the ball. You have to relinquish some of that. Some of his defensiveness goes down, and then he has to solely be on offense. And and it's just it's just crazy how pressure how pressure burst pipes. Even with some of the most stone cold poker face having people, the people thought Kawhi Leonard was just enigma of a guy. That just kind of just bulldozes his way through the noise and distractions and pressure and shit. And that 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 that, that seems to be a different case. So y'all have a good one. Enjoy your day. I'm out.